Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. We're in the book of James here. We are in week five, James chapter three. You're probably saying, Pastor Arthur, how can we even be in week five when we're only in chapter three? Because James is just full of wisdom. James is, is a lot of scholars say, is the, is the Proverbs of the New Testament. Uh, and there's so much principles and precepts and truths here. And, and when you read the Word of God, you don't want to just read it just like you're reading a book just to finish something. You want to milk it. This word, you want to milk the word. You want to dissect it. You want to chew on it. Because this is not a natural book. This is quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's alive, amen? It's spirit. It's truth. And this is complete truth. And the spirit of truth is what guides us in this truth here this morning. And so we've been going through these verses. And, and I, yesterday we had a men's breakfast and we were talking about at the breakfast, and, and we, the subject came up about this series. And I said, you know, the book of James, if I had to sum it up, a synopsis of just one word, a summary of one word, it would be humility. He's very, talks about humility, meekness, receive with meekness, the engrafted word that's able to save your soul, gentleness, being humble, you know, it, it, all of that, it's, 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 it's all in here. Matter of fact, we learned in week one, and I just want to thank Brother, Brother Brent, Pastor Brent, Pastor Bubba, for, man, I tell you what, they have done awesome in this teaching. Uh, just give them a hand, amen. God be the glory, amen, that God uses men and, and women with their giftings. And, and so week one, Bub pointed out in the very first verse, that you hear that, you know, we, we know that James is the half-brother of Jesus. They had the same mother, Mary. But James could have said this in the very first verse. He could have said, hey, I'm James. You know my brother, Jesus, right? Um, he's the Messiah. He's the anointed one. And that would be true. But he did not do that. He starts off by saying, James, a bondservant. Amen. Everybody say servant. It's important to be a servant. And that, even though it's his brother, he says, I'm a bondservant to my Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't just refer to him as my brother. He says, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, a bondservant. You know, it's important to be a servant. Jesus came to serve, the Bible says. Moments before, hours before he was crucified, you know what you heard? You heard water. He was washing disciples' feet. And, and that's what we're to do. We're to serve one another. We're not just to look out for our own interests, but we're to be servants. When you get to heaven, um, Jesus is not going to say, well done, thy good and faithful speaker. <laughs> well done, thy good and faithful teacher. Oh, you used your gift amazingly. I gave you the gift. The Holy Spirit gave you all these gifts, these nine gifts, and you all, all used them wonderfully. He's going to say, no, he's going to say, he's going to say, uh, good works, you know, good and faithful servant. So are we serving God? We're we using uh, his, his servanthood. And so are we, serve, are we serving Jesus Christ? James is, is, you know, he's big about humility, but he's also, also big about action. How I many you know what I'm talking about? Shoe leather. He's big about shoe leather. He's big about not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. 
action. He's talking about faith. He talks about faith. Does your faith have works? If it doesn't have works, it's dead. Does your faith have a corresponding action? He says, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. He's talking about action. And that's what I want to ask first before we get into chapter 3. I want to talk about at the very beginning, we went, how does your Christianity work? Everybody say work. How does your Christianity work concerning trials? How does your faith work concerning trials? James says in chapter 1 that we're to count it all joy when we go through trials. That, that knowing this, that the testing of our faith produces patience or steadiness. How does your, how does your faith work? How does your Christianity work when you're experiencing a trial? How is your attitude? How is your behavior? Now, I mean, that, that seems totally weird, right? That we're to count it all joy when we fall into a trial. But I've got to explain something here this morning. Is that, that joy and happiness are totally different. You know, happiness is based on your circumstances. If your circumstances are good, you're happy. If your circumstances are not good, you're not happy. But how many of you know that joy is not based on your circumstances? Amen? Joy is based on your strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Our strength comes from God. And, and so you can be unhappy about a trial, but still have joy that you know God's still on the throne, that God's never left you or forsaken you. And that you're being changed from glory to glory, right? You're going through a trial. You're, you know, how many of you know, no pain, no gain, right? So, so you might say you have faith, but if you, your faith is never tested, it can't be trusted. So your faith is going to be tested through trials. But you can count it all joy. You can count on something. You can count on joy. You can count on God that he's going to get you through it. Amen. It's not that we rejoice in the trial. We're not, we don't rejoice. Sometimes the devil brings trials, and we don't rejoice in that. We don't rejoice what the devil's doing, but we rejoice in what God is doing and changing us, and we're going to get to the other side. Amen? How is your faith concerning temptations? How does it work concerning temptations? Are you, are you now getting to the point now where you can overcome your flesh? Reach over and pinch your neighbor real quick. You still got flesh, right? How many know that old flesh can rise up like a cobra? Huh? We can be in here just praising God, walking in the Spirit, and we can go to the restaurant and we tell them, hey, you know, hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, you know? And we get, our, we get our hamburger and it's got lettuce and it's got pickles all over it and it's got ketchup that we didn't want. And we're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> no folks can be slain in the Spirit, but they're not walking in the Spirit. Amen. And so how's our conduct, how's our behavior? When we, how are we doing through temptations, right? How are we doing, how's our faith working according to the Word of God? You know, remember we talked about this back a few weeks ago, that the Word is like a mirror. And the people who look in the mirror and continue in the mirror, those are the ones that get blessed. They're not forgetful hearers, but they're doers of the Word. How's your faith concerning the Word of God? Do you just take a glance at it, a little dab do you, right? A little morning devotion, that's all you get, that's all you need? Or do you, do you meditate on the Word? Do you look at it? Do you chew on it? Do, do, you, do, you, do you concentrate on it? Do you, do you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you? It's more than just a book. This is, this is God's Word. This is God's inspired Word. How do you, how's your faith working according to your mouth? Amen, we learned that last week, chapter 3. Did you notice that what James is doing here is all about conduct, it's all about behavior? 
You know, he talks about the tongue. How many know that tongue is, is housed between, you know, teeth, right? But it's not, it's caged in there with teeth. But, but we have to put a guard over it, right? And, and no man can tame the tongue. Only God can. So we have to submit and let God's will, let God get a hold of our mouth. Amen. And so we're, we're talking about that. We're in chapter 3. We talked about the ship. We talked about the horse, how you take a bridle, you put it in a horse, and, 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 and God can rein you, you know. You know, you can be a powerful person, but, but how many of you know we need meekness? We need meekness in our life. Let's look at a few verses here. James chapter 3. And let's look at verse 13 through 18. These five verses, and we'll finish it up here, and then we'll hit chapter 4 next week, if the Lord's willing. Who is wise and understanding among you? Now, before we go any further, remember in chapter 3, he started off talking to teachers. He says, chapter 3, verse 1, last week, he says, do not desire to become a teacher because you're going to be held to a stricter judgment. I believe he's still talking to the context of teachers here, but it's applied to all of us because how many of you know we're all teaching, right? We're all influencing someone where the attitudes, behavior, especially your children, they're watching you. They're learning from you. So he's saying, who's wise and has understanding among you? And he answers, says, let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. So here it is. You, show and tell time. He says, show it, right? If you have godly wisdom, you need to show it. It needs to be shown. It's, it's the same thing as you have faith without works. I'll show you my faith by my works, right? So he's telling about, he's talking about showing. So if you have godly wisdom, if you think you have godly wisdom, then your conduct and your behavior ought to be tied together in accordance with meekness and wisdom, Everybody say meekness. Meekness is not weakness. The world thinks meekness is weakness. The world thinks that you just have to be a doormat, that you have no opinion in yourself. But weakness, meekness in the kingdom of God is controlled strength. It's controlled strength. It's like taking that big, powerful horse and taking that strength and taking a bit and making that horse obey, Right? That's what the Word of God, when God gets a hold of your heart and you're born again, your heart becomes, He gives you, listen, He gives you a brand new heart, right? He takes out, He doesn't do a remodel. You're not a fixer-upper in your heart. He takes your old heart, He gives you a new heart. He takes the whole heart of stone, He gives you a new heart. And, and out of that heart, that's where meekness, that's the, the, that's the place He gives you. That's where you get wisdom is, and meekness is through the heart that God's given you. You have that spirit now. You have the DNA to be gentle and have meekness and be kind. That DNA is in you. It's the fruit of the Spirit. But how many of you know that you have a heart, it's like a garden, but how many of you know that some things can get in your garden? Hmm? How many of you know, what does it say, Mary, Mary, quite contrary, how does your garden grow? Sometimes we need to ask our own selves, how is our garden? What, what, what James is saying here is, Take an evaluation of your heart and, and look at it and see how it's growing. What's coming out of your heart? Jesus said it like this in Matthew. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? So if you want to know what's in your heart and how your, how's your garden grow, 
It's just check the elevator. Whatever goes down in your heart, out of the buzz of the heart, will come out of the elevator, come out of your mouth. Especially when you get into pressure, right? You'll find out what comes out sometimes. And sometimes the dross comes to the top. And sometimes we, through heat and pressure and, and trials, uh, things that not need to be in your heart come out. And we, and we got to take inventory of it. And we need to get rid of that. So he's saying right here that wisdom, godly wisdom, is shown by good conduct, good behavior. Meekness, not weakness. When I think about meekness, I think of Moses. Remember, he, 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 was, a, he was raised by Egyptians. He was a prince with the Egyptians. He, he was powerful, you know, and, and he knew there was a calling on his life, and he took it in his own hands to kill an Egyptian one time that was, you know, killing a, another slave. And, and um, out of his own power, he was trying to do it, and then God took him out into a desert for 40 years, a Midian desert. And he's there for 40 years. And the Bible says that Moses was the most meek person on the face of the earth. You take care of sheep for 40 years, yeah, you're going to be meek. See, God had to change him. How many know God has to change all of us? How many know God's doing a work on us? How many of you know that you're being transformed from glory to glory? How many of you know God's trying to get the world? We're in this world, but he's trying to get the world out of us, right? How many of you know that? How many of you got, God has, has, has done a work in you? You look back 10 years ago and you're not the same person. You, God be the glory, amen? Not anything that we do. Our boasting is in God. But God had to take him there for 40 years taking care of sheep, herding sheep before he could herd people. The Moses that met God in the burning bush was a different Moses than the one in Egypt. And that's how we're changing from glory to glory. God's changing us. He wants us to be meek. That's the only person in the Old Testament that you hear about meekness is Moses. But Jesus says, he says, come to me all who are heavy laden. This is New Testament. Burden. Come to me, you're heavy laden and burdened. Take my yoke, for it's easy and light. For I am, learn from me, learn from me. Jesus says this, if you're going to learn anything, learn from me, for I am meek and humble. I'm lowly. You think, is that weakness? No. Listen, Jesus was the Lamb of God, but he's also a lion. <laughs> There's times you're going to be a lion. You've got to know your boundaries. But if you always got a beef with somebody... If you're always moody, if you're always running around, that's not the conduct that comes from godly wisdom. We're going to learn about that here. So, here's, here's one statement the Lord gave me. It's very simple. I want you to walk away with it. Is godly wisdom is not what you know. Godly wisdom is what you show. That's simple, but it's profound. Listen, you can teach and you can have perfect theology. You can be right as rain on the scriptures, but if you got bad behavior and bad conduct, that's not from God. That's not godly wisdom. See, we think that because someone's gifted and they're a great orator and they can speak just wonderful, that, that oh, they got, that, you know, they're wise. That's not wisdom, according to God. Might be with the world. You know, arrogance, people think that people are arrogant and have a confidence and 
have an ego that they're wise. No, not according to God. God doesn't base that. God doesn't base it on the gift. He bases it on the obedience and on your outward. Do you show, do you have good conduct? Is it shown by your conduct? Does it show how you treat one another? Is it shows how you treat each other? That's godly wisdom. So it's not what you know. You can have more degrees than a thermometer. And not know. And not show. I, I remember one time I had a guy that I knew. I'm not going to name his name. I hope he's not watching this today. I don't think he figured it out, but... My gosh, this guy was something smart. I'm talking a walking encyclopedia. You know, he'd tell you everything about quantum physics and everything, you know, just 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 a full of knowledge. And if you ever got in a vehicle with him, he'd just just talk, 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 and he's just like, wow. Then one night he called me and Bubba up and he says, Hey, I need you to come out here, you know. My car's broken down. So we drive out there off fifty nine and you know what we had to do over there? Change his tire. Change his tire. I'm like, you got all the knowledge. How come you don't know how to change a tire? Well, what's the deal here, you know? And we got to be aware. Listen, folks, teach your little ones to work, okay? Let them know how. Let them have a little adversity, especially you young boys. Let them boys have some adversity in life, all right? That's what grows character. We're meant to work, amen? Oh, I'm going down a rabbit hole right here, right now. We are meant to work. We're not meant to sit around. Do you know the Bible says that he who does not provide, provide or work for his family is worse than a heathen? Worse than an unbeliever? And that is the nature of, of America today. We just won't work. So you want people to go out to have work you want men to go out and work, women to go out and work, pay taxes so you can sit at home and not work. That's not it. We got to allow your young people to go through some adversity. Quit cutting the crust off the bread. <laughs> 14 years old and you're still cutting the crust off the bread. I'm not saying this because we got football coaches, but a little bit, yeah, I am in here. But I love football because it teaches you some character. Not to quit, to keep going. Fourth down, on the go, we're going to go, right? I don't care how tired you are. I remember those days. I didn't do it, but he did it. And I'm so glad, and I believe that that instilled character in him for where he is at today. How did I get down on this? This is not what I was going to preach about. Oh, yeah, the flat tire. <laughs> and, 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 and your young daughters, don't let them, they, listen. <laughs> Guys are not going to work. You're right. They're just going to sit in the basement all their life and play what's the, what's the games. I don't know what games you're playing, all right? You know, do you know that young men are to grow up and leave their father and their mother, get a job, right? And when you get a job, don't sit there and say, how much is he going to pay me? Prove yourself first, right? 
You know, something go, how much you gonna pay? It, it might not be the job you want, but at least get something and start and start proving yourself, and God will bless you along the way. Amen. All right, I'm meddling now. Okay. All right. Let him show by good works done in meekness and wisdom. So meekness is what it's shown. But if you have bitter envy, but if, but if, that's a big but. If you have bitter envy. How many know that bitterness is the vehicle that all the demons come in? Huh? If you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. It's, here's the heart condition again. You got bitterness, you got jealousy, you got envy. He's telling these guys, you want to be teachers? You want to start teaching? Let's see the motivation behind it. Why, why, are you, why, are you, why are you doing this in the first place? Let's look at your character first. Let's, let's see your conduct first. Because you've got bitterness and envy and jealousy. This is not from God. You know how to get rid of bitterness? You know how to get rid of it? When a root, beware lest a root of bitterness springs up forth in you and defiles many. How many of you know you can stink up a lot of things, defile a lot of things with bitterness? You know how to get rid of bitterness? Forgiveness. Just forgive. Let it go. That's how to get rid of it. But if you have bitter envy, self-seeking, you're always looking out for your interests but not the interests of others. Boy, that's not God's word, is it? Bear you one another's burdens. We're not to only look out for the interests of our own selves, but for others. Have ambition, but just make sure it's lined up with God's plan and purpose. And you're not trying to mow everybody else down with what you want. Do not boast and lie. When you, when you act like this and your conduct's like this, you're lying against the truth. You, you can have a teacher get up here and teach the Word of God, and, and, and it has no impact on his life. He's just teaching a lie. He's lying against the truth. He's saying, oh, we're to love one another, and we don't love. Oh, we got, you know, we got, we're so prophetic. We got the gift in the prophecy. I think Paul is talking about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He says, if you, have the, if you can speak in tongues of men and angels and do not love, you're like a, a gong, a sounding symbol. If you knew all prophecy and you could foretell all the future and you do not love, he says, you're nothing. I think that's what Paul's telling us here. Is what's your motivation behind it? If it's not making an impact on your life, do you think it's going to make an impact on someone else's life? If you're not changing, because this is all talking about sanctification. And I know we're all on different spiritual pages, folks. Some of us are babes, some of us are more mature. But, but we're to be sanctified. We're being transformed by the renewing of our minds. We're to change. We're not to have envy, jealousy. You ever have people just hate you? Huh? I hope you're not the one that's hating. 
You know how people just hate on you for no reason? You know what that is? Jealousy. That's what it is. And they're upset with God because how dare you bless them before you bless me? If you would just get the right attitude, God's got enough blessings to bless us all. Just wait in line for your turn. Here's something. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Everybody weep with those who weep. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But not all of us rejoice with those who rejoice. You ever had something good that the Lord has done for you, but you hit, you, some people you tell and some people you don't? Because <laughs> you, know, you know if you tell these folks, they're going to rejoice. Praise the Lord. You know? God gave you a job. Praise God. You know, God gave you a, a nice vehicle, a brand new vehicle. Praise the Lord. And some folks over here, you're like, you can't tell them all that. Because they're going to get bitter. They're going to get mad. They're going to get upset. They're going to be mad. They're offended with God. They want what you have. That's what envy is. They want what you have, and they're upset with God because they didn't give it to them first. We've got to beware of all these things. Listen, when I'm preaching this, God gave it to me first, all right? <laughs> it was hot and ready to me first. Huh? Like CC's, right? Hot and ready. I got it first. And I'm just delivering it back to you. Where's all that come from? It comes from the heart. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. Got to watch out. What's in our heart? This wisdom, see now, first he's talking about heavenly wisdom. Now he's talking about, he's talking about human wisdom here. This wisdom does not descend from above, right? So you got God's wisdom. Seek those things for which are above. So you got heavenly wisdom. But how many of you know you're in a world that's got human wisdom? Demonic wisdom. Demonic theology. We're having to navigate. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. That's tough, right? We we're, we're have to navigate ourselves through this world with all this human wisdom and watch out and make sure it doesn't rub on us. That takes some work. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly. It's worldly. Sensual. It means it's fleshy. So you can be saved, born again, and be a carnal Christian. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 real quick. And I, brethren, cannot speak to you as spiritual people. Spiritual people are people who are born again, right? He says, I can't speak to you. Paul's saying this to the Corinthian church. He says, I, brethren, cannot speak to you spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're not, still not able, for you are still what? Fleshy, carnal. For where there's what? This is James right here, but this is Corinthians. This is Paul. James is echoing Paul. Who calls them both to pen this? The Holy Spirit. For where there's envy, where there's strife, where there's divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere what? You're, you're behaving like unbelievers. 
God forbid that we be born again and we still act like mere men and women. God forbid that we still act like unbelievers. How many people you ever run into people and, and they say, oh, I believe in God. I believe in one God. I believe in the man upstairs. <laughs> More than the man upstairs. He's everywhere. You believe in one God? James says, you believe in one God? You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. They believe. Their theology is right. There's one God. There's one God. But they don't change. You don't want to be like that. Oh, I believe in God. But there's no... For this is Matthew chapter 7. This is Matthew chapter 7. You will know them by their fruits. Works of the flesh, the fruit of the Spirit. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, goodness, patience, endurance, patience, steadiness, right? You enter a trial and you're steady, you know, when things are all going good and you're happy and plenty of blue bluebell in the refrigerator, right? Everything's going well, Your kids are all making great, you know, A's and, you know, you're just walking, you're, you're steady, right? But then when you get your fat in the fire and you get in a trial, what happens? You're still, what? Steady? That's speaking. That's speaking. If you're still steady, if you don't change, you're not wavering. That's speaking that God's wisdom's got into you. When you're steady. Patience, goodness, long-suffering, meekness. That's all the fruit of the Spirit. If you're walking in human wisdom, it's demonic, it says. Not only is fleshy, this is, how, this is how the devil thinks. You know, the devil's jealous of God. He was the first critic with God. He saw God, he said, he got jealous of God. He said, oh, you know, Isaiah 14 says, I'm going to make my throne like the Most High. I'm going to make my throne up into the heavens. I'll be like God. That's, that's demonic. That's jealousy. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Wow. Don't just run over these statements here. Where there's confusion, where there's where there's self-seeking and confusion, every evil thing will be there. You know that? When you, when you become bitter or if you have envy and jealousy and you start speaking these things, the devil's going to show up. When you have a pity party, when you're offended with people and you have a pity party, there's only two people showing up to the pity party. You and the devil. Because nobody else is going to show up. It's saying when you have this kind of conduct and behavior, guess what's going to show up? Every evil thing. You wonder why you got confusion in your house? You wonder why you got all this strife in your house? You wonder why all this is coming? You know, you're inheriting the wind? It's because envy, jealousy, bitterness, complaining, murmuring, worrying, Fear. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. He gave you power, love, and sign of mind. 
But when you do that, all devilish, demonic shows up in your life. Sam, play something. You know, before you play, you know I hunt. Back when I was a kid, we used to go, we call it, well, it's coyote hunting, predator hunting. What you do is you get out there, you go out usually at night, or, you know, you can do it in the daylight, but you got this, this rabbit call that you blow. It's a, like a rabbit in distress. Maybe it's a bird in distress, and you're, you're playing it out there. And when you get out there at night, you know, first you just sit down for about five minutes, get all settled in. It's dark. You got your spotlight, got your red light. Guys are all sitting there. And you can blow that thing within 10 minutes. Coyotes will start coming in. Bobcats will start stalking in. And there's been times, you know, the first time I did this, I was probably about nine or 10 years of age, and I was with some guys, some men. And they went out there and did that, and they shined that light, and all I saw was like eyes everywhere, red eyes looking, you know. And they're just coming, they turn the light off, and then they call it more, and the more they come in. And the beautiful thing about it, if, if you went to a place and set up and you called and nothing came in, you just moved. Within 10 minutes, you moved, you went to another spot. And it, it, it's crazy what I would call it. Man, I remember calling and having a bobcat coming in, you know, stalking, you know. Just crazy. And so I'm going to show a little video clip of what takes place here. Of when you, when you, when you blow in this rabbit call, the stress, and how coyotes come running in. Sam, go ahead and play that. point is, when you start complaining, when you start murmuring, when you start about everything, negative talk comes out of your mouth, guess what's showing up running? Huh? Now you sit there and oh, that doesn't happen. Yes. <laughs> There's a real devil out there, amen? And he's after you. He comes to kill. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But praise God, God comes and gives. Jesus says, I come to give you life and give it more abundantly. How's he give it? Through teachings like this today? Look at our, look at our behavior. Look at our conduct. Are we, are we, do we have godly wisdom? You might be able to teach this, but is your life impacting others by the way you live? Are you changing in yourself? Or are you being transformed by the renewing of God's word? Or are you being sanctified? Changed? See, for wherever envy and self, self-seeking exists, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first what? Pure. Then peaceable. Gentle. Catch all this? This is Jesus. Come and learn from me, for I'm meek. I'm gentle. Willing to yield. You might have a little problem if you're ever in line. You know what you're talking about? You got that line and you realize it says, hey, we need to merge over. You ever had someone that you just like, we're going for a half a mile and you're not letting me over. 
That can be a spiritual thing too. Are you willing to yield? Are you willing to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath? Are you willing to do that? We want God's peace, amen. How many want the peace of God? Then you got to serve the God of peace. If you want the peace of God, you got to serve the God of peace. And we ought to be conforming to his image and be people of peace. Amen. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.